Welcome back to the How to Decorate podcast. Thank you so much for listening and subscribing. We really appreciate it. We're your hosts. I'm Caroline McDonald. I run the Ballard Designs blog, howtodecorate.com. And I'm Taryn Schwartz, and I'm in product design at Ballard. And I'm Karen Mooney, and I head up branding at Ballard. Hi, y'all. Welcome. This is episode seven, and our guest is Annette Joseph. about Annette. Yeah. yeah. I think very she's talented. so full of life. I've known and Annette a long time. You know, because she's worked with Ballard a long time and she's done a lot of different things for us and she's just doing even more and more and more. So I'm excited that she's going to be here and give us some of her brilliance. because We she... need to just like absorb everything via osmosis. Mm-hmm. She knows a little bit of everything. Yeah. And her book is like the entertaining Bible. So everything's in there that Pic- you need to know. Yeah. Picture perfect parties it's called. Yeah. It's a great book. And she's working on another one. So, so we'll, we'll have to get, get her scoop. to talk all about it. Yeah. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Well, I think we should just go ahead and jump into our trials and triumphs. That's where each one of us shares a good and a bad story from our week in design. Our week in design. (laughs) I'll go first. Mm -hmm. This is Karen. So I've had um, a lot of guests in my house over the holidays. And one of my um, bathrooms really needs to be renovated. But in the meantime, I'm just kind of trying to make it look good. Until I renovate it, which could be 10 years from now. So, I, you know, I'm trying to make <laughs> mm-hmm. it look good. So I was totally copying something that I saw in Caroline's house. So Karen ha- Caroline has a sweet uh, little bungalow. It's like 1920s. I would mm-hmm. imagine my house is 1920s as well. So um, uh, anyway, so Caroline in her bathroom has um, – she didn't like her tile, right, Caroline? That's correct. She didn't like the tile in her shower tub. And so she hung white drapery, like floor to ceiling. Mm -hmm. And you walk into this small little petite bathroom and it's so dramatic because it does have pretty like nine foot ceiling, I would guess. Yeah, it's pretty tall ceiling. Like a nine foot ceiling. So your eye immediately goes up and it kind of just makes it feel so much grander. Um, you know, then I was just, I just loved it. So I was like, I have to do that in my bathroom before my guests arrive. So of course I get this idea at noon on Friday when everyone's arriving at like five. (laughs) So I hit our store. I got a couple of white tool panels and then I just went and got a tension rod at Ace Hardware and stuck it way up at the ceiling and hung those white panels down. It looked so good. Yay. It felt very elegant in there. Yes. And I got a three by five antelope rug and put it in there. It's very sexy. Sounds Ooh, really Yeah, because nice. it's a tiny little bathroom. But I was like, you know, why can't I put a pretty little wool rug in there? You know? Yeah. So I did. I love it. That's a really good idea. That's mm-hmm. a great idea. So that's my triumph. Well, it was your that's idea. Really good... Well, I mean the antelope rug. Oh. Like, I have never, I always just think like, bath oh, mat. bath mat. Yeah. But a rug is so much better looking. Mm-hmm. And probably thicker. Yeah, I don't know why we're all obsessed with bath mats as opposed to rugs. Although yeah. I do use indoor-outdoor rugs for bath mats upstairs in my upstairs bathroom, which is great. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, I use those kind of thick loop ones that feel yes. wool. Um, yeah. I love those underfoot. So I think in a low-traffic area, why wouldn't you? Mm. Especially right. a little guest bath. Yeah. I feel like in a bathroom with a shower, you might want something more. Like maybe you use it like every day. yes, yeah. like if you're using True. it twice a day, three times a day, it's getting used. Or if you've maybe. got like toddlers who are <laughs> slopping, you know, they take a bath and yeah. they like True. splash everywhere. That might be different, but but don't you feel like it's a trip? I don't know what I don't know an example of this specifically, but I feel like I've seen this on Pinterest and interwebs and whatnot where people have used like a two by three antique 
Persian thing, you know, it's all red or mm-hmm. colorful or whatever. I've never tried it, but I wonder, I love the look. Yeah, it looks fabulous. Yeah. Especially on like a white, cold sort of tile, mm, you know, floor. Yum. Yeah. It's really good. It's that whole idea of just sort of thinking, like not putting a label on it, like Erica was talking about last week. When you move a dresser into your dining room, well, suddenly it's a sideboard. It doesn't really matter what it was labeled. Right. You know, it could be anything. Just drag it around and put it in a cool room. Okay, so my trial, we're sitting on it right now. My trial is my stupid rug pad. You guys, I feel like my rug pad grows <laughs> and my rug shrinks. So I'm constantly trimming down my rug pad and then it's constantly poking out from underneath my rug. How the struggle is happen? real. I don't know, but look, you can look right there. There's like a good inch of rug pad showing and I'm constantly trimming it and moving it, trimming it, moving it. Maybe there's none on the other side. Maybe it's <laughs> it just like over. a sheet on your bed. Like suddenly there's <laughs> there's none on your husband's side, and you have all the sheets. I think that's what's going on. But then why always to the maybe because of the way we side. walk on it. I don't know what's going that's on, so but odd. I hate it. It's making me you crazy. Have the foam one. Uh-huh. Maybe you can get the um, fleecy one. Yeah, they have a different um, mm-hmm. and try a different style, mm-hmm. and maybe it will. Because this is a needlepoint rug, so maybe it just it's really thin. So it, I think mm-hmm. it slides and slips a little bit more. I don't know, but it bugs me to death. And we've got Annette Joseph coming over, and she's going to be looking at my exposed rug She pad. will see that. It's like having my slip hang out. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to trim it before she shows up. We won't judge you if you pull no, out the scissors. No. Okay. Our if I'm down on the sealed. floor during Caroline's trial, don't pay attention. I'll just be down here <laughs> snipping things while you talk. So that's mine. Who's up next? Taryn, you go. Okay. Um. So my trial this week was um another item ballard that i waited too long to buy what i keep doing that yeah you gotta jump on it we've told you this i know i think i'm always like oh it will be there and then i looked and Mm -hmm. for me i was looking at this was it was a little while ago it was actually like you're gonna have to tell us what the item is before i kill you what is (laughs) it sorry it was just it was christmas pillows and i wanted them the ones you painted no, but the oh, ones that said the words on them. Like Mr. Cheers, Mrs. Santa Claus no. or whatever. The Cheers and the Marion stuff. Oh, those were cute. And yeah, those were cute. they're running out, and I wanted them, and I was just waiting to last minute. Were you hoping was... they'd go on sale? Maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the problem with that is then you miss them, and yep. I should have just bought them because I would have yep. been happier to have them. So, of course, they're back ordered till March. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, in March, I won't want those. I want something with Easter on them. So True. that was, I wow. might I might still do it, but that was my. Bam, um, bam. Yes. You should buy them and wrap them up and then put them like in your Christmas bin, like whatever you put in your basement. <laughs> and, then and then you we, pull out your Christmas, they'll be there. Oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> That's, That's like a good idea. Out, like winter boots that you bought at the end of summer. That's you know, true. And yes. Like, and it still feels just you pull as all good. Your winter out and it's like, oh, I do that. Boots. Mm-hmm. I do that yeah. with J. I have bought two years in a row these J. Crew wedges end of season. I have those. We all have them at the office. We all have the same wedges, right? In different Correct. colors. And so Which again, ones are they, they, they like? just have a wide strap across your toe, and then it kind of goes up around your ankle. And they have different. I have like a metallic and an animal, mm-hmm. and oh, you have too. like a saddle but, color. Yes, don't you? it's just a leather strap and a you know natural wedge. But um, for two seasons in a row, they've gone on sale, and I've grabbed like scooped them up at the end of the season and I've tucked them away so when I brought back out spring I was like wedges you're brand new (laughs) so they felt good but um so anyway so note to self I have to stop I need to get things right when it comes out 
This will probably be my trial again if I don't. Mm-hmm. I gotta start. We don't want to hear it again. Okay. okay. Sorry. Learn your lesson. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but my triumph is related. If you've listened to other podcasts, I spoke to my lovable, wonderful dog chewing up my kitchen cabinets. Mm-hmm. And for Christmas, my husband surprised me by getting some of them replaced, the doors of my cabinets. Aww. So, or I should say fixed. He took them back to the cabinet maker to have them all like fixed. So, oh, that's awesome. it was awesome. So you he, forgave like, him for not packing yes, up Halloween. I like woke, <laughs> I wouldn't. Maybe. <laughs> and the flickering lights. Yeah. <laughs> he does some wonderful things and I only highlight the worst I assume. <laughs> um he yes I woke up to the sound of drilling going on out in the kitchen and I was like what is going on so I like went out there on the weekend and was like what are you doing and he literally was like I'm headed I'm headed out to and I was like what are you okay there's kitchen cabinets <laughs> where, where did they go so yeah so that was awesome so that was my Triumph. So I hope they look wonderful and I can stop complaining about what the dog did. Is the dog just like full rain in the cabinet? I was going to say, there are no doors on there. So what's going on? Um, I did have to remove everything that was in the kitchen cabinets (laughs) and move them to other cabinets where he didn't ruin. Gotcha. But everything's been um, locked since that happened. Yes, everything has been child locked, aka (laughs) dog locked, um, since that happened. And once they can't get in, he just stopped. Like once he realized he couldn't get in, Mm -hmm. he like let it go. But now now the cabinets are open. There's nothing in them because he has no self-control. I'm surprised he didn't crawl in there. (laughs) You know, Mr. French will probably crawl in and like sniff every corner of that cabinet. What about you, Caroline? Okay, so my trial is that uh, a couple of weeks ago, I ordered a new duvet cover, and I have most from, from who? Well, I ordered it from Garnet Hill. Mm, oh, that's a sister company. Yes, yeah, so that's one of our sister companies, and it's just a, a plain linen in a natural flax color duvet cover. And I mostly do like an all white bed, but I wanted something like with a little texture, and I actually ordered it in a natural flax color because I have a little brown dog, and she gets on our bed sometimes. She doesn't actually sleep there, but she does sort of get there like before bed and sometimes in the morning. Wait, remind me what her name is again. Annie. Annie. Yes. Okay. So she's 25 pounds and she's a Boykin Spaniel and she loves to snuggle. And so sometimes when my husband and I are weak, we <laughs> yeah. love to bed. Yeah. <laughs> weak. Which is um, why the linen color was perfect. Right. Yeah. So that's why I got the linen color because I would normally get white. But, um, well, within like two weeks, my face medicine bleached my duvet cover mm. so you're worst. in the doghouse <laughs> yeah i i specifically got this color that was good because my that dog was, was gonna stain it and instead That's i did awful. it to my own self oh, oh you're fired but like what do you what's a girl do choose her skincare routine or, or her, her bedding oh, or her dog or her dog it is difficult. That's, I mean, these are anyways. difficult. <laughs> that is a trial. Hard. That's really hard. Trial. <laughs> anyways, it was just a bummer. Like, it sucks mm-hmm. to get something brand nice. new and yeah. then and you ruin, it. ruin it immediately. At least if someone else ruins it, you can blame them. Yeah. Can you, you know, hide Had it? your husband done that, it would have been fine. When you fold it, it's not that noticeable. Like, when it's folded at the end of my bed, it's just. Can you just I still know put bleach there. all over it so it looks sort of <laughs> speckled? Look tie-dyed. Yeah. yeah. That's a good idea. Maybe I'll try. <laughs> that seems like your look. <laughs> it totally is. It, it is. Anyway, so that was my bad thing. Oh, and then my good thing. Okay. Yes. Don't forget. It's two-part. Um, it's a two-parter. Yeah. Sorry. Um, so over before the holidays, I ordered this book 
called The New Small House by Katie Hutchinson. And I was totally absorbed throughout the holidays. Um, it is so awesome. I loved it. Um, it's basically, she's an architect and she pretty much just celebrates small houses. So she features 25 small houses all under 1,700 square feet. Mm-hmm. Wow. And just talks about like the design principles they use to make them functional. And she has sort of this checklist that, that she... Um, like she specializes in building new build but small homes. I don't feel like anyone does that anymore. I love hearing that that people are building small homes because mm-hmm. yeah, in our neighborhood it, they just tear everything down and build awful, awful giant McMansiony mm-hmm. things. It's gross. And I, and it's I space you don't too. need. Yeah, exactly. And I wonder if that you know at least we're here in Atlanta and it, it seems as though the trend is people moving into town, not right. wanting to leave. And obviously, there's only so much Only so much space. space, yeah. So, um, and we live in a small house, too. And so, I'm always looking for, like, small stories. But not your typical, like, small space solutions. More like, this is, you know, most of these houses have been either new built or, like, massively renovated. Mm -hmm. But some of them are for, you know... A family four living in under seventeen hundred square feet. Some of them are vacation homes mm-hmm. that are. What's it in, called like, again? It's called the New Small House. I'll put a link to it in our show notes so Yay. y'all can pick it up. They're really cool. Like some of them are really modern. Um, some of them are like super eco friendly. Um, some of them are like built out in the wilderness. Um, and then obviously, like there was one really good one that was a row home in Hoboken, um, and so that was like a family of four. And they were under 1,700 square feet. Um, their house, was, I think, was only like 13 feet wide. Gross. Wow. Wouldn't you like, want to divorce so cool. everybody in your family at that point? I'd be so excited about going to work. One of the principles she uses is that every small – she says that every small house needs like a, um, a couple of private spaces – whether it's like a window seat or just some somewhere to get away. Yes. Mm-hmm. So where you do, if you do need your private, um, you know, private time. Yeah. Everybody time. needs it. Yeah. Yeah. You have you have a place to go for that. So awesome. Um, anyways, well, yeah, that wasn't too bad of a week for anyone. so excited this week to bring you a very special guest. Her name is Annette Joseph. She is a stylist. She has a fantastic book about, it's the entertaining Bible. Taryn was talking about it earlier. Picture Perfect Parties. Picture Perfect oh. Parties. Um, she has worked with Ballard for a good while, and she also has an amazing house in Italy that we're dying to hear about. So thank you, Annette, for stopping by. We appreciate it. My pleasure. This is so fun. It is fun. Welcome. Yes, <laughs> thanks. Yeah, and you're also on TV all the time. Yes, you're, you're like out and about. I am. You're a personality. I, I, <laughs> I am a personality. I think that everybody would agree with that. I have a very big personality. Um, yeah, I uh, started selling many years ago, and it's funny, you know, you don't know where your journey is going to sort of take you in life. And um, I started styling rural years ago. 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Just three, three years. Just three zero years ago. And <laughs> I started styling when no one knew what a stylist was. So um, I used to tell people 
they said, what do you do for a living? And I would say I was a photo stylist and then they would have a very blank look on their face. In fact, my husband used to tell people that I was an interior designer because it just, it was too much to explain that I was in a studio with a camera and I would set everything up with a camera and then I wouldn't take the picture, the photographer would take, it was very, and then they thought I was a photographer, so very confusing. <laughs> So I um, worked um, at a big photo studio, um, Bernard Cohen, I don't know if you remember him, but he was around a million years ago. No, and, I don't know. And he shot everything. I mean, anyone that's a photographer of a certain age mm -hmm, knows who he mm -hmm. is. And he was a very... But Annette, I'm so young. I know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> a very, you are young. A very, uh, he, he was a very well-known photographer and shot lots of different genres. He shot portraiture, he shot product, we shot interiors, we did food. So I apprenticed there for three years under all these different stylists and um, learned my craft until I was sort of okay to be on my own. So, and that kind of morphed into me styling a lot and that morphed into me doing food. And then that sort of morphed into me being on the Today Show um, because of some of the magazines I worked for. And they would put me on the show as the representative and then the Today Show producer asked me if I would come on by myself and would would I be able to do that and I think quite honestly they just wanted to cut through all the red tape of working mm -hmm. with the big mm -hmm. corporation and mm -hmm. they could just come to me and I'd give them 20 ideas and we'd pick 10 and I'd come and do them. So I started doing that uh, about oh gosh now probably eight years ago and it was really fun and so that sort of led to other TV sort of you know not so much national, but a lot of local. So, you know, I, I kind of went around and different, did different things. And I also did um, a Bravo pilot. Mm. Yes, it was called All About Annette. That was an experience. Ooh. Yeah, it was great. It was like that. L the, the best thing about the pilot was that it that we didn't do the pilot, but because it would have probably ruined my life. <laughs> I would have gotten divorced. I would have been like a real housewife of whatever. Um, but... The thing that was really cool is that I got to do um, the whole Hollywood thing. So I went and I visited all the networks when they were pitching my show, and I had an entourage. Really? And I had to sit in like a certain seat when they were pitching it. So here's a funny story about pitching, which I didn't know. So I had this production company I was working with, and they really wanted to sell my show. And I had a, an a agent, like a big Hollywood agent, and it was very fancy. And so we sat down with these network people and they would always sit me in a certain chair and then they would sit down and then they would play. I had a sizzle reel, so they would play the sizzle reel and they would play the sizzle reel. And my group, every time they played the sizzle reel, we, we visited like five different networks or six different networks. They would laugh hysterically. So I, I got in the elevator like about third time out and I said to them, wow, you guys are, you really think I'm funny. You really yeah, think this is you funny. you like me. And they're like, dude, we're trying to sell it. Right. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so dumb because I thought, oh, they really like they me. They still they think this me. is funny. It was really, it was, it was like a dumb moment. I was like, oh. Oh, y'all are in PR. Okay. We're trying to sell a show. So it was very cool. We walked into Bravo, and Andy Cohen was there, which was kind of like groovy. Yeah. And, is he nice? Um, is he nice? He, I didn't meet with him one-on-one -on -one because mm -hmm. I met with his staff, who were, they were very cool, I must say, and very sweet. And he, you know, popped in and waved and said hello. 
And then as we were leaving, my agent was so cute. He goes, I heard him say to them, is she funny? <laughs> and I heard, Didn't you hear and us I heard laughing? Else say, yeah, she is funny. So um, I got a contract with them. We shot a, a pilot. And in the end, um, my family was way not into it, like mm-hmm. in a big way. And I, of course, originally thought, oh, they want to follow me around doing work uh-huh. and they want to see what a stylist does all day. And, um, you know, I didn't realize they wanted to be in my house with my family. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden it turned into this, they're interviewing my son and my daughter didn't even want to show up for anything. She was already in college and she wasn't into it. And so um, we kind of had a family meeting and we kind of said, eh. But the best part of it was like living that like Hollywood thing where you're like going. <laughs> yeah. You're 15 minutes exa- of fame. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> that was fun. But um, so that's sort of, you know, kind of the whole TV part of my existence. And then being, if you're on TV, then they want to interview you a lot on radio too. So I did a lot of radio, which I actually really enjoy. I mean, I like this kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, we like it because it's so easy to just sit around and talk because we all yeah. have our passions and they all seem to be very similar. And then we just sit around and talk about them. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. somebody yeah. wants to listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think so. I hope so. Well, it sounds so. like your um, it sounds like it turned out for the better because instead of your, your Bravo TV show, now you have a like a compound in Italy that you're renovating? I mean, yeah, it seems think, like you came yeah. out on top. Well, I think we've always, we've lived in Italy for a long time, and we had a flat on the Riviera. It was this very pretty converted um, convent, and um, we had a, a, a half a floor of the convent, and we had a beautiful view of the ocean, and we lived in a very cute beach town. Um, very untouristy in the in the sense that where there were no American tourists there. It's a town called Alasio, and uh, we a lot of Italians uh, come to have um, their vacation, their summer vacation there. And Italians are funny; they always go to the same place over and over and over again. So the beach clubs there, the one that we belong to, a lot of the people that had. Um, that came to that beach club had been coming to that beach club since they were really, really little, like mm-hmm. two and three. And so they had raised, cool. you know, they'd That's grown really up cool, there yeah. and then they got married and then they brought their kids back and, and it, it's generational, those, those beach clubs. Yeah. Italians are very funny. They're very provincial about how they like to vacation. Um, I have friends that live in Alasio that like have never been to Florence or never been to Rome <laughs> or never been to Venice. I know it's, it's not, weird. I mean, it's what, Three hours, yeah, three hours? but they just stay and they do what they do. You know, they they vacation the way they vacation, and you know if they go to Sardinia, they go to Sardinia forever. If they go, you know, to Alba, wherever they go, they go over and over and over again. Haven't you been vacationing in Italy since you were a child? I have, so I'm very much like Italian yes. in a lot of ways, <laughs> and it's Italian? probably yeah, I do, and that's probably why I like it there because I can relate to that. My parents are um, from Hungary. I'm actually Hungarian. Everybody thinks I'm Italian, but I'm yeah, not. Yeah, you look very Italian. And my parents, uh, well, Hungarians and Italians are not mm-hmm. that dissimilar. <laughs> Little hot-headed, love food, love life, you know. Um, so I went there a lot when I was a kid, and then I took my kids there a lot when they were little, and we would uh, rent houses, mm-hmm. and um, I'm actually writing a book about it. That's I'm amazing. writing a book called Italy is my boyfriend. Oh, that's awesome. Because everybody always says, why Italy? And I'm like, it's like why? a bad boyfriend, a good yeah. boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sexy boyfriend. Why wouldn't yeah. you 
if you could go to Italy every summer, why wouldn't you? Well, you know, it's funny. Yeah. Italy is a funny place. You know, people that um, live there as expats and people that um, vacation there have a very different point of view of mm -hmm. Italy. Um, and since I've been living there, I've been going there for over 25 years. Um, with my family, and mm -hmm. then we bought this place. It's going to be now 13 years ago. Um, so it's it's a very interesting place. It's not Italians are very um, they're very friendly, but they're not as outgoing as Americans are. Mm -hmm. In other words, you know, if someone new moves into your neighborhood, if you feel like you might have something in common with them, or you see them all the time, you might say to them, "Hey, you know, let's grab a glass of wine," or why don't you come over? I'm having a bunch of people. They don't do that in Italy. Italy, they check you out for a long time before mm -hmm. they have you over. So my book is really about my life there. And um, there's good parts of it and there are bad parts of it too. It's not all this fantasy that everybody right. imagines. I mean, it's great. I love it. But you have to be very passionate about Italy and you have to be very focused like a laser beam wanting to live there because it's not the easiest thing mm -hmm. when you really have to want it bad I feel like you told me they don't really even tell you if things are for sale they there's you a lot like we would know yeah to know if something's yeah. even on the well market. you get the Annette discount when you come with me shopping because they have mm -hmm. to know you so when my girlfriends would come shopping with me when they would come visit we would go in and we'd go into like an accessory store or something and they'd say, oh, ciao, Annette, come stai, you know. And and then I would tell them, oh, are, you know, they'd say, are these your friends? Yes, yes, they're my friends from America. Oh, that's wonderful. And then, you know, Karen would maybe say, oh, I really like this necklace. And then all of a sudden, the world just opens up and they pull out this drawer and it's full of all these necklaces, just like the one that she liked from this artisan and there's like a hundred of them. And then when she goes to check out, they give her a little discount, the Annette discount. So it's very, uh, it's very Italian. <laughs> it's very Italian, yeah. It's very, it's all about, I always say Italy's all about juice. Do you know what juice is? You know, when you have, yeah. well there it's like. like grease in the wheels? It's or? turbo juice there. Mm. It's all about whey juice there. You really have to know people to, mm -hmm. to do it the Italian way. When you come as a tourist, you have a wonderful time. I mean, it's, you know, it's a beautiful place. It has beautiful light and beautiful food and beautiful wine. But when you live there, it's much more about how you sort of interact with people and, and sort of what your daily life is like um, in the sense of um, being an Italian or a transplant. Mm -hmm. You're constantly working for that. So that's what the book's about. That's very That sounds cool. awesome. Is it hard to renovate a home this many miles away? Um, yes and no. So it's very hard to buy real estate in Italy. Um, again, that's what my book is about. It really navigates people through the process of buying real estate in Italy. Um, because I make it look like it's super easy, but I will tell you <laughs> that there have been some nightmares. And, yeah. and I cover those in my, you know, in my book, the, the, the trials and tribulations. I always tell people to um, you know, do their homework. Certainly, if I know them, let me talk to you about this. Um, you know, it's funny, uh, I have a friend that's supposed to be moving there for a year next um, year, but she's trying to get a, a visa because you can only stay for three months and that's it. So, um, and I was telling her certain things because she's going to be there for a year. So I just wanted to say, let me just tell you these things right. about Italians tips. and and, and real <laughs> tips, you know, not like 
you know, buy your meat from a butcher, but real like, you're not going to make any friends. So find some expats that you can hang out with because you can be very lonely. And I mean, all these things. And she just, they never want to believe you. They're like, oh no, my neighbor's so nice. I'm like, your neighbor will never invite you for dinner. I'm telling you. <laughs> they just won't because it's all about family and friends there. And, it, and my friend Forrest, my best friend, who's an expat, who is helping me with the renovation, he was the one that told me that when I moved there. He said, you will not have a friend that's Italian for seven years. And did you wow. believe him at the time? I didn't, because I'm such a nice person and everybody loves me. <laughs> <laughs> and then you throw such great parties. I do. Mm-hmm. And do you, he was right. And was it seven years? Yeah. So, I mean, there's like a little internal Italian I know. Clock. It was, uh, they really check you out. Now, rem- now, keep in mind that Italy was a place that was dominated for a long time. And it wasn't one place. It was many places. Mm-hmm. It just, you know, the last, I think, a little over 150 years, it all came together. And all the towns were fighting with each other. And they were also occupied by a lot of different places. So they don't have, they have trust issues, for sure. <laughs> they yeah. do. And, and once you realize that about Italians, you get it. Yeah. You know, and then you get where they're coming from. And they're lovely, wonderful people, but they just aren't like Americans that way. They're not really open and, you know, just have everybody over and, you know, I mean, and I'm very much like that. So it was a big culture shock for me. (laughs) So what exactly are you doing to your house? Like how big of a renovation is it? Well, what I was going to say about uh, yes and no. So I have a best friend who is in this business in Italy. So if you can find a best friend who's in this business in <laughs> Italy, that's a good friend. Your life will be good there. So I he renovated our first house. I've known him for thirty years, and I've known everybody for thirty years. And he <laughs> um, he does this for a living. He has three houses in the country in Tuscany, very near where I am. He also they have a flat in Genova. Um, which is amazing. He um, does this for people in Tuscany. This is his part of his business. And so he's very connected. And remember we talked about juice? Mm-hmm. You have to have juice. And uh, you really have to know the right people to do the job. And um, you also, it's very complicated there because the community is very involved with your project. And therefore, they have someone in the community called a geometra, who is a survey. The translation is surveyor, surveyor, but it's not really. I have a whole thing on my blog about who this guy is and what he does. But we have a very good relationship with him. He really likes us. He really, he's very good friends with Forrest. His brother sold me this property. This is how it works in Italy. So he, the brother sold it to me, and then the other brother's taking care of me with the renovation, and so you feel like you're you're in the you know in the family. Yeah. In, you know? I always say in Italy, there's two things: you're either in or you're out, and when you're in, you can't get out. So and they're not like trying to not they're not trying to stop you from doing anything. It doesn't sound like you're kind of just. No, you have to have a good relationship with the community. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So in other words, you have to know the people in the office and you have to do all the paperwork and you have to be reputable, which he is. You know, it's all these things. Italy is very layered, very, it's like, I would call it a triple onion. You know, there's so many things you have to peel away and it's so ultimately complicated that you have to have a passion for it because it's so difficult. It's so complicated and I'm a very organized person as is my husband and we like these kinds of very complicated tasks the two of us 
That's good. So, yeah. yeah so, so we're a good match for this kind of thing. And when you talk to other expats when you're there, they they are similar. They're sort of, they've got this gutsy side, this what the hell side. And then they've got this very organized sort of, mm-hmm. you know, and then in the middle of that somewhere is sort of understanding the culture. To your question of renovating in Italy, you really have to have an open mind. You have to understand their culture. You have to be chilled out. Um, they don't do things like we do at all. So you have to put that out of your mind. <laughs> so have no, you know. And sometimes I have moments. I definitely have moments where I've made a faux pas or something. I got yelled at by Forrest like two weeks ago when we were walking. We have a vineyard and we were walking through the vineyard with, with a vintner. And I'm the grand dame of the property like what the hell I'm really not I'm just a really (laughs) regular gal and you know well in Italy there are these different sort of respects for different people and I don't I just view myself as a net I don't view myself as the grand dame of the you know we have 27 acres and it's like 10,000 square feet and we have a vineyard and this guy works for us so we came up to the house to walk the vineyard, and the whole time I was walking the vineyard, of course, you know me, I was like Instagramming, and I'm filming, and I'm and I am paying attention, because I can multitask mm-hmm. to what he's saying, because we're clearing part of the vineyard, we're going to add some more grapes, I want to do a rosé, I was talking to, I had, I had specific things I want to talk to him about, but all the <laughs> other stuff, Italians just go on and on and on and on and on and on, <laughs> yeah. and it's just like, we just get to the point in America, right. I want to do a rosé, is that possible? Yes or no? Great. Yes, Moving we can on. do that for mm-hmm. you. We can't do it this year. We can, we'll start working on it next year. Great. But then they go on and on about the birds and the this and the that. So I kind of tuned out. So we get back to the house and they, the vintner leaves with my gardener, who I love. John Luca, he's so cute. And Forrest like yells at me. He goes, what the hell are you doing taking pictures? You're like the proprietor. He's saying this to me, screaming at me in Italian, which I'm like, he's really serious. You're the proprietor <laughs> Of this property. This guy's taken time out to meet with you, and you're a serious person to him. You're like a serious, mm-hmm. his client, mm-hmm. and you're like instaying, and you're, oh my God, it was like, I felt so bad. I felt like a little kid that just got yelled <laughs> right? at. I really felt bad, the though. But he was right. I mean, I made a, sort of a, a faux pas, and because we don't, Americans aren't like that. I right. Mean, we've got, we have, we're doing 50 million things at the same time. You know, right. we're on our phone, we're yelling at our dog, we're, you know. But you're right about that whole thing of, like, if I'm in a meeting or something with someone at work who is senior to me, and they're on their phone when I'm trying to, you know, present something to them, I feel, I get, like, insulted. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. Whereas, well, it, was de- it was definitely a big faux pas on my part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I didn't even... But like walking around my yard with my yard guy, I wouldn't think about it. I'd be like, whatever, I'm on my phone. You know? But it was, it was, yeah. you know, the vintner and the gardener right. and me and Forrest and Forrest's boyfriend's a prince, so it was the prince. And so we're, you well, know, standing there and and I'm like, you know, they thought I was like half paying attention. So I'll never do that mm-hmm. again. But <laughs> was I that your first like, time meeting them? Well, I had met him before, mm-hmm. and we had had a very serious meeting because. I had to hire him because he came with the property. So that was a very different meeting than this was just walking through the vineyard. Wait, are you his only property or does he manage several vineyards? He manages several vineyards. Okay. Yeah, he does. That's what he does for a living. He's wow. basically a That's farmer. Right. He has a great name, Manolo. 
Like oh, the shoe. Yeah. Does yeah. he come with shoes? Yeah, like the shoe. <laughs> and he's very, very nice. And, you know, but I mean, there's all these little things that you learn. Um, like our geometra, I didn't know, like, that's a big deal. Like, he's very well respected in the community. And it's like being a doctor. Really? Yeah. And so you learn as you go, mm-hmm. for sure. So it is easy to renovate if you've got someone like Forrest guiding you through all these little things that you need to know. Mm-hmm. But I looked for property for three and a half years because we knew we wanted to buy um, a location to have workshops. And we knew that we wanted um, we wanted to have something that was very beautiful. But it's funny how um, I, this was the first property I looked at in the area. And when I walked in, I fell in love with it. And I thought it was too big. So I kind of scratched it off the list, but I always sort of thought about it and everything was sort of compared to it. It was weird. Um, like a boyfriend. So <laughs> I uh, looked and looked and looked and, and we did we actually were serious about several properties and um, I I went back to this one because I thought, well, maybe we should house all of our students with us. It would make it so much easier and you know get a chef and you know just make it really nice and cozy with all of us there. So I went back, to, you know, I thought about this place and I actually presented it to my husband. I was like, so I'm thinking we should buy that property. It's called La Prugna, which means those little Italian plums. Um, so I think we should go look at that again. And I said, I think it was too big. And to his point, renovating and adding on in Italy is very difficult to get more square footage mm-hmm. because you're really only allowed to expand 30% more than the original square or the original oh. footprint. So mm. it's harder to make things bigger. the footprint bigger. or the footage? The, the footprint. footprint. So it's not much if right. you want to make something bigger. So we were looking at very sort of regular houses. And then Frank said to me, you know, why don't we just get the big one? And then we don't have to worry about expanding. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and you know, it's so great when you have a partner that you have a paradigm shift. You're like, oh, oh yeah, that's smart. Why did I think yeah. of that? Yeah, yeah. duh. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Frank's I, yeah. So <laughs> I went back and I said to Forrest, listen, is this still for sale? And he said, well, let me call and see. And he called up the owner, actually, because he had all, you know, they all live in the town. They all know each other. And uh, Davide said, yeah, we're still, it's still for sale. We've had a bunch of people come through it, but nobody has bought it yet. And so I thought, well, I think it's waited for me. So I literally made an appointment, walked through with Forrest, called Frank up, said, I think I'm going to make an offer. And Frank had never seen the property. He trusts you. He really does mm-hmm. trust me. So he'd never seen it. He'd seen photographs, of course, but he'd never walked around. And uh, he, saw, he was like, yeah, that sounds good to me. So here's the great thing about that. So in <laughs> Italy, it takes everybody a lot to get their stuff together. So if you were selling a house, you would say, okay, we're going to sell a house to your husband or partner or whoever you're living with, and and we're going to get our stuff together. So we're going to make sure that, you know, little things that need to be fixed are fixed. Or if you have, of course, your paperwork would be in order. But in Italy, not so. Their paperwork was totally not in order. They bought the house in 1998. They were renovating it themselves on the weekends. They <laughs> oh, hadn't no. gotten very far, but what they'd done, I liked which was unusual because in Italy, sometimes they botch things up. Because, you know, in Italy, we love old things. In Italy... They hate it. They hate it. Well, it's like poor. It's like yeah. it's like you're yeah. poor. 
They wanted they, to be modern. They wanted to be modern. Mm-hmm. So every time we'd go into a house, I'd go, God, this looks awesome from the outside. And I'd walk in, I'd go, okay, we have to rip everything out. <laughs> so this house, they had sort of kept, they had mm-hmm. old cotto floors, terracotta floors, and they had put in this amazing, you know, hand-carved ceiling, and it was really beautiful. So um, they didn't have the paperwork in order. And it was, I made the offer on it in end of April when I got there. And Frank was coming the end of May. So it took them a month to get everything in order before we could even make an offer on it. I told them, I want to buy it from you, but you have to get all your paperwork in order. We called our lawyer, which is something you absolutely need when you're renovating in Italy. When you're buying in Italy, you have to have a lawyer that only does real estate. And that's a notayo. I also have written about that on my blog. A notayo is like... You can't live without one, and you have to have a really reputable one and a good one. And we happen to have one that's like family because Roberto, the prince, is best friends with him. In fact, he's God's <laughs> who father you know for sure. to, the, to his children. Oh so they're gosh, like, you know, everyone. So he's like my dad. So when I do stuff or things go awry, which they did when I was there, then you've <laughs> got this guy that's got your back big time and his daughter who's in the practice and his son who's in the practice. And they're all like, helping you, which is great. So those things are very important. It's not like under the Tuscan sun, which I watched the other day, by the way, (laughs) just for fun. And it's not like that. I mean, she did have a very nice guy looking out for her, which was good. But you can really, really have bad experience there and lose lots and lots of money. Well, you need to tell us about your workshops because you've done them all over the world. I have. But it sounds like you're going to settle them in Italy. Kind of tell us about them. Well, I started doing workshops about three years ago. And I did one in Seattle with a really uh, famous blogger, blogger, um, Cassandra Lavalle, who does Coco and Kelly. And she's Mm -hmm. a good friend of mine. And she's very talented and very smart. And so we did our first one in Seattle. And we had a wonderful turnout. And we had great people and it was it was we do mainly food because uh, I do mainly food now but it's a workshop where you learn to take photos of food you do you style how to style. It's a style and yeah, photo workshop. exactly mm-hmm. so you learn how to style and you learn how to photograph and there's always a professional photographer with me um, I photograph as well I've learned how to you know do photography over the last 10 years but um, I like to have a professional photographer there because it helps kind of um, facilitate the experience because you're trying to learn how to style and photograph and it's hard to do both. Although we have someone doing both in Italy this summer. Um, So we started in Seattle and we did one here. We did one in Austin, Texas. And I thought maybe we should do one overseas. And, you know, I'm a very crazy person and (laughs) I, you know, just no, all guts and glory the whole way. (laughs) Go big or go home, right? Let's go to Marrakesh and do one. So I have a friend who owns a hotel there. Um, it's like a, B, a very shishi B&B um, called Peacock Pavilions. And she had been bugging me to come and do a workshop because she saw I was doing all these workshops. I said, okay, let's, let's do it. So we did a workshop there. I, I had been to Marrakesh many times, so I knew Marrakesh. But photographing in Marrakesh is sort of challenging because people don't like getting their photos taken very much. Mm-hmm. Oh. So you have to be very careful in the market. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did this amazing workshop, and um, I worked with Deborah Whitlaw Lowell in the first year. And then Sarah Dorio came this last year. We did one in Marrakesh. And um, actually, Helen Ballard came. Mm-hmm. And, and Beth Lacefield, right? Beth came as well. And they were a blast. So much fun. We had a great workshop in Marrakesh. It was crazy. It was insane. (laughs) 
And then um, I thought, well, we may as well do it in Italy in my hometown in Alasio. So I have a very good friend there that owns a bed and breakfast. And so we put everybody up at the bed and breakfast and we photographed there. And I had Emily Fallowell came and I've had um, Sarah Dorio also. Uh, so we've, we've had some really groovy people come and teach for us. We have Christina Wedges coming to Italy. So I thought this was part of the impetus for buying the property that I've been looking for three years. And uh, it just all sort of fell into place. And we found the right property. And we've got five workshops coming up in the summer five? of 2017. Yep. Oh, my gosh. We have That's two insane. in June and three in July. All in the same, all in your, yes. your property. And they're a week long. So they're, they start on Wednesday and end on Monday. But um, Forrest also has a concierge service. He's part of our team. So he helps all of our people find, like, other if they want to come in early or they want to stay late mm -hmm. or whatever. So this is the only year that we are going to house everybody off-site. So I have another friend, and um, <laughs> she is Dutch, and they own a convent. And that they've awesome. converted to a B and B, it's glorious because you know I hate to generalize, but the Dutch people have like fabulous aesthetic, and she's fabulous. She's a classically trained pianist, and wow. she's married to an Italian, and it's very beautiful. This convent, in fact, I want to see it. <laughs> but what we're doing is we're do we're built we're renovating phases, so we're renovating our living quarters right now. We're we have a big stone barn that we will have all the workshops in, and it's spectacular it is we have a huge terrace and um, we'll be doing like all the you know that the outer structure of the buildings and then in June we'll start phase two which will be all the guest rooms and we have two guest quarters we'll have a commercial kitchen wow. we'll have a student lounge um, and then we'll have a, um, a little um, living quarters for the chef and for our assistants which is an amazing little room. I mean, it's a big room. It's awesome. So. so the people that come to your workshops, are they stylists? Are they wanting to become stylists? Are they like, what are, we what have is their... everything? We have everything. We have photographers that um, want to uh, do more food or more still life photography or more editorial photography. I didn't mention that we do editorial, which is people, you know, street photography. We do um, food, of course. We do um, still life, which I love. And then depending on our group, I mean, we can kind of gear it and we do interiors because I styled interiors for 30 years. Right. So... You know, in Marrakesh, for example, we had a lot of interior designers. We had Helen's whole crew. Um, and so we did a lot of interiors. But we also had S. Carter Designs. And we did, I did work with them one day and just did small. So they, we could do still lifes. We could get their branding on point. And part of what we do, too, is we talk a lot about branding yourself, branding your look, how you look on Instagram. Um, you know, I teach these workshops at the Mart, at America's Mart mm -hmm. as well on branding and um, and how important it is to have a look because it is amazing how many small businesses out there have Instagram feeds but don't really understand how to portray their brand mm -hmm. and how important that is. So we just kind of make a shift and we did that with S. Carter. They have the most gorgeous, most beautiful jewelry. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm obsessed but their Instagram feed was like, meh. 
Mm-hmm. And they knew what they wanted to do. They just didn't, they just needed a little moment to help them get there. So we do that. Right. So we have we have people that come that own manufacturing companies. We have people that are artisans come. We have people that have food blogs come. We have people that have design blogs come or lifestyle blogs come. So we have lots of bloggers, but we also have photographers come that want to be stylists, mm-hmm. stylists that want to be photographers. Because in this day and age, like for my clients, I shoot a lot for my clients. Right. You know, I mean, because it's that age now where a big box will come to me and say, we want you to, you know, put together, you know, this story for us. Or we want you to put together this campaign or this program and I will shoot everything for them. Mm -hmm. And it's a one-stop thing because it's changing. Mm -hmm. I mean, the way things are done is changing. So we have those people. We had a very cool guy um, that I was just you know, like awestruck that he was there. He was the um, the ex-CEO of Mattel. Cool. Very groovy guy, very nice. And his wife was going into a business. He was retired. His wife was going into a business where he had to, he was a very good landscape photographer. He is a very good, fant- uh, fantastic landscape photographer. But he didn't really know how to shoot kind of small. So I did that workshop um, with Helen Norman, who's a photographer in Maryland, and she has a farm, Starbright Farm. So we we shot at the farm, which was awesome. We had an amazing group of people there. I mean, I think all of our students are really amazing, but this was a particularly gelled group. Like, they all really mm-hmm, got along, mm-hmm. and they, they were just really cool people. Um, and they were all sort of photographers, so we could kind of move past the – how do I work my camera stage, right. which was kind of cool. Which, again, we don't mind doing. We have assistants that are really good at helping people like work through their camera and figure it out so they have a command of their camera when they leave. But this group was great. And so Brian, we just worked with him doing smalls, lots of smalls, mm-hmm. because his wife's product was very small, and it was it's very cool, and it has to do with women's shoes. And I can't really tell you what it is right mm. now, but it's a very cool thing that she invented. So we have people like that come along. We always have very interested. We have you know chefs come that want to shoot their food better. Well, because I feel like we'd all love going. You I know, know it has I'm nothing like, to do with what we do, but it seems like it would be super inspirational. Right. And well, that's the other thing is it's really a retreat. I mean, mm-hmm. so you yeah. really are only focusing on creative things for five days mm-hmm. with creative people. And everybody's there to have a good time. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we eat amazing food. We go to amazing places. Because I'm so connected there, the excursions are very much the way I do them. I take you to my little secret private places to go prop shopping. You walk in, you go, wow, what a dump. This is awesome. You know, it's not (laughs) like a beautiful antique store. It's like, holy cannolis this is great stuff <laughs> in fact we there is a place near our house that I've, I've bought a lot of things for the house and it is one of those places that's like a treasure trove and Forrest and his uh, boyfriend the prince are amazing hunters oh good and so they find stuff like you know I was looking for a bed and Roberto was like way in a corner and he goes Annette it was a dark corner it was getting dark he goes <laughs> It was outside. He goes, I found your bed. And the cool thing is that it had all its pieces. Oh, wow. That's unusual. So when they brought it out to put it all together, like, oh, it has all its pieces. So that's another thing, like where they get their antiques and how they come by them. That could be a whole other podcast. A little shady. (laughs) (laughs) Just going to say very Italian. (laughs) But you have a lot of rooms to furnish, though. You better get on it. I know. That sounds like a lie. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. You go ahead. I was going to say, you said you were working on another book. Not just My Boyfriend in Italy, right? 
Ridley <laughs> is my boyfriend. Right. <laughs> you have another um, one, right? Yeah, I do. You're a prolific um, writer. Yes. Well, there. This book is hope. We're hoping to finish it by April. I've been shooting it for two years because we're shooting the cocktail culture in Italy, which is called aperitivo. And um, every single day, you go and meet your friends um, or your family and or your coworkers, and you have a little drink and a little nibble. It's not happy hour. It's just uh, a ritual. What's well, a ritual, you know? And you go and you have. You can certainly drink wine, but they have cocktails. And in the summertime, it really ramp, you know, ramps up because a it's lighter out for longer, so you can go from you know six thirty seven to eight, or go from six to nine, and then you have dinner, and then you go from. <laughs> midnight to three mm-hmm. and you still have a pair of TV. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, keep in mind the their work schedule is really different than ours. Um, you know, they usually get off of they they get off of work like twelve thirty. They go back to work like between three thirty and four thirty sometime and get off usually around seven thirty and that's when they head out to a Parativa. So yes, we do we um actually do a, a long lunch at our workshop and um, we're very relaxed, uh, which I think people enjoy Mm because I feel like you can get a lot out of it. I mean, we'll, you know, we, we divvy up the day so that there's enough lessons and enough hands-on and enough touring. Um, in fact, we pared it down because, you know, I'm like, go, go, go all the time. And, and Ann Sage, who is one of our branding teachers said to me, you know, Annette, you really, you got to give these people a free night and you got to give these people a free day because Mm -hmm. like as much as they love you, they would like (laughs) to have a break. And well, I, plus they're you know in a cool location, so they yeah, want to check it out. But it took me a minute to figure that out. I was like, because oh, you were just were like, yeah. I need to give them their money's worth. I exactly. need to teach, teach, teach. Yeah, exactly. They're here for this yes, curriculum. Definitely had to give them. Their, that's me. <laughs> give them their money's worth. Wake up, y'all. Yeah, <laughs> time to get to work. So, and then you have a free day, and we have millions of suggestions of where you can go on your free day. You can go prop shopping with me, which. It's very funny. Most people opt to do. I wonder why. Have you ever had um, students that didn't get along? Talk a little trash. Go. <laughs> you know, not honestly. No, I. I mean, we haven't. We have. We do have some timid travelers. Uh-huh. So, people that are coming and want you to take care of them every single second. And that's fine. I mean, I don't mind that. I mean, that's my nature. I'm a Jewish mother. I take care of everybody anyway. <laughs> but we have had um, some meltdowns where people felt very far away from home. And and I get it. You know, it's it's if you haven't traveled a lot or you haven't traveled alone and all of a sudden you're going to a workshop in a foreign country, it can it's be stranger. a lot. But it's only yeah. like four days, five days. Yeah, but, you know, I mean. Yeah. You, right. you travel a ton, Karen, you know. I mean, to you, it's normal to get on a plane and get off in someplace really weird. Like, True. Don't you go to weird places? Yes. 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 Karen does, too. We go to really <laughs> right. weird places. Where they present you weird food. And mm-hmm. you're like, and you smile it. and you eat it. Yeah. Or yeah. you eat a bowl of rice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, but there are a lot of people that are, you know, I've had a lot of guests that are timid. Tra- I've had horrible guests. You're not one of them, but okay. I've had horrible guests. Oh, house Karen. guests in your home. Oh, yeah. Horrible. Uh-huh. Horrible, horrible guests. It's amazing how oblivious some people are when I'm they come friends into with your those home. <laughs> you know? And they stay at your home. You're like, what are you doing? Well, it's weird because people come and they really decompensate sometimes when they come to a foreign country. Mm-hmm. And they just can't handle it. And so they take it out on you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had people have mental breakdowns and have to go home. Oh, what? No. Yes. 
what? Oh my yes, gosh. I won't name names. Going to have. Italy? I mean, yeah. come on. If this person are, is listening are, to this cat podcast, yeah, they'll go, that right was now. me. Uh, <laughs> we're cool now. We're fine. <laughs> okay, you well, if it it's out. a mental breakdown and right. you're having emotional issues, that's one thing. If you're just an asshole. Right. Yeah. You know, that's then, a little different. And there are some people that come that are very, like, entitled and... Oh, I hate when they make you feel, like, slightly embarrassed to, to say you're an American because you're with them and they've made some big scene and you're like... Oh. I don't know them. <laughs> no, not all Americans are like that. Please don't judge that. Well, yeah, my son was very cute. We were walking. Um, there's no Americans in Alasio, and there are no Americans where we, we are now. Yeah, they don't speak English really there. They don't. Like you're in Florence, everybody speaks English. Right. You go to so, Alasio, no. Yeah, so we're walking down the street, and this Amer- these Americans are like walking behind us, and Levi says, Don't speak right now. <laughs> don't want them to Pretend know. we're Italians. I'm like, <laughs> Okay, that's weird, but okay. Because I'm usually like, "Hi, where are yeah, you from? Where are you from? You're yeah, neighbor. Right. Would you like to, you know, go someplace cool for dinner? Right? Yeah. Because no one's gonna be nice to you for yeah. seven years. <laughs> yeah, they're nice if you're a tourist. It's okay. if you're living there. If you move out. You're la- I was La Americana for seven years there. So did they finally say, "Okay, now you're not," mm-hmm. or is it real subtle? It's very subtle. How far do are they you have, from like, your a... former town? Two and a half hours. Okay. South. So you have to make all new friends? Oh, I have a lot of friends there because I've been looking there for two and a half years. Plus, I have a lot of expat friends there because in this region there are a lot of Brits and a lot of Germans. Is it on the water? It is 30 minutes from the water. Okay. So where, yeah, where is it? So everybody knows where Cinque Terre is. Yes. Okay. So no one knows where this region is, even if you're Italian. So I'm just saying it's very, if you're English, you know where it is because a lot of Brits live there um or i should say british people but anyway we are so you know where chinko terra is mm-hmm. and you know where parma is mm-hmm. the cheese you can, I mean, you can it it Bologna. Yeah. she's gonna go and luca uh-huh all right so we'll put we a map on the blog. northern northern tuscany that band is called lunigiana and it's near forte de marmi it's near carrara in fact we're in massa carrara is the name of our sort of region in our area. So we're very near where the marble comes from. Mm-hmm. And we're one and a half hours north of Florence. So that's easier to get very to. So cool. if you write in Vivizzano. Vivizzano, no. Write in Vivizzano. Well, Alasio is pretty close to France. Alasio is, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, that's what I meant. Alasio yes, we were close. very close. Alasio was very close. We were in, oh, yeah, that was right near Monaco. Yeah, oh, so we moved. I'm sorry, okay, gotcha. Southeast, so just go southeast. Okay. And look for like Vivizzano. Okay. Will you put a map on our podcast notes? Yes. So everybody can come visit me. <laughs> I mean, what a great guest have for the new year. I learned so much today. She really had so many great stories and tips, and I'm like, I'm dying to see her Italy. Yeah, renovation. I feel like we might have to have a, a remote podcast. Yeah. Maybe when we go over to shoot a Casa Florentina line, we can go over and hang out at her space. Done. Take me there. I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm into it. Me too. Yeah. Annette, call me. Yeah. <laughs> and even after um, all the entertaining we just did in the holidays, talking to her made me want to break everything right? out again. We have some more yeah. people over. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, that's our show. Of course, you can find all the show notes on our blog at howtodecorate.com slash podcast. And uh, we would love for you to subscribe to the podcast so you can get a new episode downloaded straight to your phone whenever we publish it. 
And of course, um, we would always love for you to leave us a review. So you can do that in iTunes. Mm-hmm. And um, then follow us on social media too. At Ballard Designs is our handle pretty much everywhere. And um, until next time, happy, happy decorating. decorating.